Hi, and welcome to another episode of What the Future podcast, brought to you by Future Leaders Mentoring. This week, we're talking about mental health again, the third in a five-part series where we get into the detail with experts both lived and taught. In this episode, we talk about the mental health continuum. I'm joined again by Mike Ring and Sarah Morgan. Welcome back. Really grateful for your time again this week. Hi, Ian. Hi, good to be here. Cool. You'll be getting frequent flyer uh, mileage tickets at the, in, a, in any time soon. <laughs> um, so just to jump into this then, uh, Mike. So before uh, today's podcast, I'd, I'd never heard of the mental health continuum. Um, so can you can we explain what it is and, and why it's important to understand? And then, Sarah, maybe you can you can follow up on any points that Mike may, may not have covered. Yeah, but for me, part of my role is part of I teach mental health first aid and we talk about the mental health continuum a lot. And there's different ways of talking about it. We can put it into different quadrants. But my favorite way would be just thinking of it as a line on how at one end of the line is you're not feeling your mental health isn't very good. You could be in crisis or struggling. And then that can move then from in crisis to struggling unsettled thriving and excelling and we can move along this sort of pathway quite easily and our states can change and depend on what section we're in at any given moment perhaps in the morning you know I'm a, I'm a morning person so I come into work in the morning I would say I'm excelling I am excelling by lunchtime okay I'm going down to the thriving bits you know, and we, it, it can change. And we can also change our own state as well. It's like Tony Robbins, like, so have power moves. You know, you can move himself from an unsettled place to an excelling state in, in, a, in a matter of seconds. And I think it's important that we just get a, an understanding that, you know, we have responsibilities for ourselves to understand how we are feeling at that given time. And is there anything that we can do to move up that continuum cool thanks mike so it's a it's a it's a scale then it's a way of measuring our our mental health um is is what you're explaining so so sarah uh is there is there anything so you'd w- want to sort of dive into in a bit more detail from 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 the scale so i think for me trying to, <laughs> to help people understand that yeah, it's very similar to to physical health you have great physical health or you have poor physical health and you can have days when you've um you've done things to make yourself feel brilliant physically um and when you haven't been looking after your body and you don't feel so great physically and i think that if if people can frame mental health in that same way it makes it easier for the, them to understand that we all have mental health and that we move up and down that scale up and down that spectrum depending on what's going on in our in our lives it's a bit easier to understand than the the perception historically i think that mental health is about being in that struggling or crisis zone rather than the whole spectrum yeah and do you, do you think we understand enough about ourselves to draw lines between where we might be on the scale and and how we might have eaten or behaved um do you think that's that's well known enough not for a lot of people um for some absolutely um particularly people who've maybe experienced talking therapy and have had some need for reflective practice 
and they're probably better at recognizing where they are on that spectrum. Um, but for others, not necessarily, you know, there's this perception that mental health is the, the crisis stage. And when something's happened in their lives or, you know, they've just had crosswords with their partner in the morning and therefore they're snappier at work, they don't necessarily recognise where that belongs or why that's occurred. Yeah. And that, and that seems like a, I don't know, because mental health has always, to me anyway, seemed like a, a difficult topic to talk about, but also to understand. And, and this seems like a, a way of breaking it down and allowing you to understand maybe um, why why on a given day you might be a little bit lower and 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 then uh, you know as you say move move away from that part of the of the continuum so that seems seems like a nice a nice tool that you could use to um, to, to help with your mental health yeah absolutely and it's interesting as we we're talking there I was thinking about those. Um... You know, the buttons that you get in airport um, security yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. And, you you know, how was your experience today from red sad mm. face to green grinning face? It's almost like checking with yourself. You know, how am I feeling? Am I a green smiling face or am I a red angry face today? Yeah. Yes. Spot on. Um, I love that. I should have that when I come into work in the morning. <laughs> get every, how am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it always amuses me how many of those machines aren't actually plugged in, though. <laughs> in these places so it's just like a, a psychological experiment of how many people press a button knowing that it's not going anywhere but that's, yeah. that's maybe for another podcast um, <laughs> so so one of the one of the other things I found really interesting when I was researching this topic was um how widespread um this topic was um in the education system so I found lots of schools actually would talk about this um and I, I found it you know, really interesting that it was on school websites and they talked about the mental health continuum. They talked very openly about mental health. So, you know, I guess, Sarah, from your perspective, I'm guessing you think it's a good thing, but what 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 do you think of that? I I find it fascinating how giving away our ages but you know when we were when we were growing up it was you know it was you know put up and shut up and stiff up a lip and you know particularly for 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 the male of the species it you know boys don't cry and girls are over emotional and you know all of the stereotypes and it was very much don't talk about things just you know swallow it down and crack on and seeing just in 40 years how much has changed in the schooling system and it really heartens me for future generations that they are from a much earlier age, able to talk about their worries, talk about their emotions, check in with themselves, have that, that understanding of that mental health spectrum, that continuum at a much earlier age. And therefore, hopefully, will be better able to cope when they're in that, you know, surviving or struggling phase to, to recognize what's happening and to be able to implement tools to move them up into that thriving and excelling space mm. and, and Mike I know you work across a, a, a number of different groups you know whether it be rugby clubs or other sporting environments do, do you work with the sort of people in edu education as well and is is this sort of part of part of your plan yeah it certainly is it's, uh, it's funny on Monday I did I run three youth mental health first aid courses uh, for a community group who look after a, a variety of children 
And it's, it's very refreshing to see how children want to talk about their mental health. Mm. You know, the kids are very open to it much more than, like Sarah mentioned, <laughs> in, the, in our days, you know, yeah. just be quiet about it. And they've been very proactive. And it, it, it's quite interesting to think, you know, in schools you have things like physical education. Yeah, you know what to do to keep fit, to keep running, you have good food exercise regularly but you have PE education physical education but what mental health education is there what education is there for children within schools to look after their mental health and I think now we can see the movement with regards what school teachers are doing being open and honest with their pupils to talk about mental health and I have a story of a Someone I, I did some training with who was asked to go into a school to talk about physical health. And he was told, don't mention anything about mental health. You could open a can of worms to the children. And this was a, just a few years back. And hopefully now we've moved on from there. Mm. Okay, let the children talk about how they feel. Because I was emotionally stunted when I was a child. I want you know, I'm happy to admit it. But, you know, I don't want our youngsters coming through to not be able to say, I'm not feeling okay. You know, let's get them to open up about how they are feeling. Mm. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there. Um, so how do we, you know, given that there, there's obviously work going on um, in the education system and we're capturing a generation there, um, how, do we, how do we now bring it to the generation of, of, of our school age where you know we've gone through the school age system where I don't think I would have even recognized anxiety let alone known what to do with it um I just wouldn't have appreciated that's how how I was feeling or, or why um so how do you help um you know leaders like me Mike that, that wouldn't have understood that and and certainly I've never never previously heard of the mental health continuum how would you how would you bring that into into a business I'm working in and convince me this was a great tool to adopt, if it, if indeed it is a tool I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a, it is a tool. It's it's it. Well, in fact, Deloitte uh, last January 2020, Deloitte uh, wrote a report and she named it was called uh, "Mental Health and Employers Refreshing the Case for Investment in Mental Health." And what they what delighted, well, they looked at companies and large businesses and seen, you know, what sort of education do the businesses have on promoting mental health within that company? And I think at the end of the day, every company looks at the bank account, you know, where, what, what is the return of any investment? Um, well, the, one of the headlines in this report was that for every one pound spent on mental health within that company, they saved five pound. They had five pound return wow. for every one pound. Now, you know, as leaders, it is that sort of spreadsheet we look at. Mm. You know, what are we getting that return? So I think it's all about going into companies and talking about mental health and just normalizing it. Talk to your employees, explaining this mental health continuum, just putting a sheet mm. on, 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 the, on the wall saying, okay, if you're feeling like this today, you are in this green zone, you're in the great zone, because we, like we said, we do change from the morning to night. 
And I think it's important just to get people to understand their mental health. And it's also getting people to understand it's normal. It is certainly normal, right? Every one of us will go through these feelings, right? You know, I my background is NHS, and I know some days some surgeons don't go and don't go and see them on a Friday afternoon. You know, they're all on the golf course at four. <laughs> but it's I think it's something that we should just talk about, and it's just open communication. And I think the communication starts with the leaders, the people at the top. Sometimes. You know, if we are open and honest about how we feel, you know, everybody else would buy into it and say, okay, I'm not feeling too good either. Mm-hmm. And it's just the communication then will just snowball and everybody will be involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a massive piece there around breaking the taboo. You know, there's a perception that, you know, everyone else can can roll with the punches and everyone else can cope. And it's just me feeling this way. And if people who you look up to and and who you see around the business who appear to be really successful are helping to start those discussions and to break down the the stereotypes or the the taboos by saying, you know, I've I've struggled with my mental health. We've all had things happen to us in our personal lives that have impacted our ability. We can't just leave it at the door when we walk into work. That's a, um, yeah, it's an old fashioned or outmoded way of thinking breaking down those taboos and making it normalized to say you know I'm having a wobble today and helping get back into a greener zone rather than pushing you down into an amber zone by making you feel bad about the fact that you're not able to to cope right now um and like you say the return on investment is clear if you can help by being more open and, and supportive help people climb back up into that greener zone more quickly then they're back to work and firing all cylinders quickly yeah, spot on. And, and just to pick up on that word you use there, Sarah, taboo. You know, it, clearly it's a you know mental health is still in that area. I would I would say, um, and we've talked about the scale that that you might measure uh, the mental health continuum, um, and the you know the, the green smiley face and the the red angry face and the amber one. Do you, do you think, or are you aware of any businesses that are measuring? mental health on a, on a group level at the moment almost like a you know employee engagement or anything like that and, and if not do you think that's something that is possible in the future or is it just too much of a yucky subject for people to grasp so i think there are companies who do look at it a long time alongside employee engagement as a whole um i think that it's a it's a tricky one because it's hard to separate what aspects of my mental health are due to my working environment and what aspects of my mental health are due to what's going on outside of my work environment and how much does my work environment help or hinder me in coping with those things because it's quite complex and I worry with KPIs that people chase what I call the watermelon KPI where everything looks green on the outside but inside it's red Mm. um you know to kind of showcase how awesome they are but in actual fact it's it's yes. vanity metric not not real and I think that's the the worry with a lot of mental health initiatives and organizations that it's tokenistic it's um it's not about affecting real lasting change that has a positive impact on on people's mental health but instead is a, a PR campaign so I'd worry about the the KPI aspect to a certain extent. 
Yeah, that's a, that is a difficult one. And I, and I suppose the people that are measuring at the moment, are they, are they getting direct feedback or are they using other statistics like sickness and lateness and, and absence as a mental health indicator, as a sort of a, a proxy for mental health? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that you can look at in in a um, in a balanced way to give you an insight into, you know, mm. if you've got high turn, you've got high absence, you've got a lot of lateness. Um, there's definitely a, a fundamental cultural problem going on there and doing something that will enable people to feel better about being in the workplace will will be helpful. Yeah. And, and, and I guess just one one final point then on your on your your explanation um i guess for, for me it's kind of like why why would a business do it what's the what's the reason for trying to get at the metric is it as you say to show we're a great place to work or is it actually just to help people um and it's a, and it's a different i suppose it's, it depends on where you start as to how you go into get to an outcome yeah it's a brilliant question and um, I'm smiling because for me that they, they kind of lead to the same thing if you are concerned about the performance of your team then actually making sure that they are happy you know hail and hearty to use an old-fashioned <laughs> phrase but you know that they're looked after that they are happy that they're engaged that they have autonomy mastery and purpose that they have a um, a supportive environment that enables them to do their best, they will perform at a higher level, they will be in work more often, and they will be outputting better towards the outcomes for your business. If they feel fearful, unsupported, underwhelmed, then um, or overwhelmed, depending on which way you look at it, then they're not going to be performing as well and the business will hurt. So personally, I'd always come at it from a from a empathic and um, altruistic perspective. I want people to be feeling great about their lives, but actually, it's just good for the bottom line. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is, and I think the, the, we've seen this here. It's um, the, the biggest expense for a business is its staff. You know, if we can invest in the staff, and there's um, there's a great organisation called Men Mental Health at Work. .org.uk. It's a really good website. And they are encouraging businesses to sign up for their standards pledge. And what they've done, they, because it's a very hard for a business to think, where am I going to go to look for, look, protect my employees? I, I don't know what to do. Hmm. And Mental Health at Work, they've got these six standards and they help you and guide you through. So one of the standards is prioritizing mental health in the workplace by de developing and delivering a systematic program of activity. So, you know, this already right. This is a meat now in the bones. This is something I can do. I've got a standard mm. here. And they talk about being proactive to ensure work design, organizations, culture, drive positive mental health outcomes. So all these standards are going, driving forward. And it's not about management pushing it forward it's taking the employees with them mm. it's a journey that you're going on together it's just not okay we decided today that we're gonna you know paint the walls pink no this is a journey that the whole company will go together and i think it's it's, it's quite an exciting time you know for everybody to go forward in this way yeah 
giving employees a voice and helping them feel like they're part of that process is hugely beneficial as well. That sense of a lack of control in the workplace can be one of the biggest drivers of struggles with mental health in the workplace. So bringing people along in terms of giving them a voice and giving them a part to play can, can really pay dividends. Yeah, and I, I wonder if <clears throat> some of the some of the work that goes on on mental health is to balance um, the, the where the blame lies. So, I guess whether it's a risk mitigation activity or whether it's a truly caring endeavor from a business. So, you know whether whether you know if if, if something truly terrible happens to an individual whether what they can say is, well, we've got documented processes and policies here that show that we're not to blame, rather than actually what we have is, a, is an inclusive approach where we truly care for people. And, you know, it's not about blame. It's, you know, that, that this, this is just how we do things. Yeah. It always, whenever anyone talks about blame, it reminds me of a, a colleague of mine who used to talk about aim, not blame. You know, what's the aim of what we're doing? What's the outcome that we're looking for? It's about the aim. There's no blame there at all. Mm. Yeah, I think remember that policies, they are quite organic. They can change. And I think, you know, we, we, we can feed into sort of the sort of mental health policy. Okay, this evidence has shown something that's changed. So can we change the policy? Well, I think as long as the, the company is open up for change, because change is the, the, the constant in life, I think it's a, it's a great place. It is really interesting to look after each other. And I think the senior leadership team need looking after just as much as the guy on the shop floor. And it's important that the policies look after everybody there. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, Without a doubt. And I guess, you know, leaders <clears throat> who look after their teams, there's an opportunity there, isn't there, for them to share their stories because they, they, uh, I don't, I can't speak for everybody in a leadership position, but I guess there's there's comfort, there's there's something in a leadership position that allows you to speak out, even if it's just for others, to say, well, I'm talking because I'm hoping that one other person within my team can say, oh, wow, I would have never thought that about that person because they are successful, they are confident, all of these, all of these sorts of issues, I suppose. Um, and that, that to me is, is such an important thing. So as you say, Mike, whilst the <clears throat> you know, mental health absolutely affects everybody, I think it's important that people in leadership positions show that they can step forward because they you know they, they're in those positions for a reason hopefully you know they've got that purpose they've stepped forward into a leadership position to help people yeah 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 and i think being a leader you've 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 been on a journey that you have faced many challenges i think when you're like, like you, you never an overnight success where people will look at you oh that's an overnight success it's not they don't see the struggles when you work late at night worked on weekends had to remortgage your home. Yeah. There's lots of struggles, but you know people don't often see that. Yeah. And I think yeah. when leaders talk about the stories and their journey, that makes them look a little bit more vulnerable, but that people will buy into them as well then. Hmm. Really important. Yeah. yeah. 
and we can talk about what we do to maintain, you know, we've talked about positive mental health and the green end of the spectrum. So not only can we talk about how we struggled when we weren't in that green, but what we do to keep us up there. What, you know, in the same way that we talk about going to the gym or going for a run to maintain our physical health, what are the things that we do as leaders to, to maintain our mental health as well? Yeah. So do you, do you, uh, and again, I've got a habit of oversimplifying things. Um, but do, do you think, you know, in, in if, if I was a company that was signing up to the pledges that you mentioned earlier, Mike, um, and in, in previous businesses where we've talked about health and safety being super important, um, particularly in energy companies where they also look after oil rigs, so health and safety is, is the number one thing, they might start off a meeting with a health and safety message. Um, do you think starting off a meeting with a mental health message or a mental health opportunity where somebody would share their story how they're feeling today what's led them to where they are on the continuum is that something you think is valuable um is, or is it or is it being too simplistic is it trying to work on something that just just is a bit too uncomfortable for everybody i think as long as we are focusing on the positives and not dwelling too much on the negatives it is really good it is very refreshing saying wow look where i am now you know a few years ago i was almost living on the streets but i have followed my dream followed this journey and this is where i've got to you know and this is where we are going as a company you know and those positive messages i think it's always got to be positive yes this uh like i call it it's a it's a certain sandwich with ends in hit, right? <laughs> and it's good at yet yeah, talk with the positive, say where we were halfway through if we had got really downer, but this is where I've come now. So it's really good to come through, share those stories. Mm. And if you, as long as you're leaving on a positive, there's nothing worse than going to a meeting and someone's having very dour and all this is really bad because there's no motivation coming from that then either. And I think, you know, as a business, we want to motivate everybody, motivate ourselves as well. Yeah. And I think as long as we all being positive and remain up that green end and telling people, look, if you're feeling in the amber zone, come and talk to me. Or yeah. these are things that we can do. It's, it's, it's important just to keep those communica communication channels open. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it, like I said earlier, it's it's hard to make sure that you don't end up with it becoming kind of tokenistic or or forced in some way mm. so it's you know encouraging natural conversation rather than a you know round the table what's everyone's color today <laughs> um and some people are going to feel uncomfortable in a in a broader um environment and the other thing that occurred to me as we were talking about that as well is making sure that there isn't a sense that because you're struggling with your mental health at the moment, you have a get out of jail free card for poor behavior. Um, and that can be a really tricky one sometimes where, well, you know, all of this is happening. So that's why I'm shouty and angry in the office. Yes. Well, actually we can support you, but you don't get to, to act out. Yeah. Um, and that can be a really tricky balance to strike to be supportive without enabling poor behaviors. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to end actually um so so thank you both um and certainly in 
in the research on the mental health continuum and what I've heard today, um, certainly seems to me to be a very much an un, unused, uh, underused, I should say, sorry, tool, uh, and, and certainly a known tool um, that I think would be really, um, could be, could, could be uh, a, a wonderful tool to help people talk about mental health and, and certainly learn a bit more um, to the range of it. You know, we've talked on previous podcasts about mental health only being referred to as negative, um, whereas this, I think, certainly opened my eyes to the scale involved. So thank you both uh, for taking, taking me on that uh, little learning journey for today. Hopefully, um, people listening will, will pick up on, on those same messages as well. Um, so that's all we've got time for this week. Um, as we say every week, if you want to hear more from us, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Music. And to stay up to date with our other content, you can follow us on LinkedIn. And of course, as future leaders, if you want to become a mentor or if you're looking for a mentor, just go to our website, futureleadersmentoring.com and tap the join us button. So until next time, thank you for listening. And I, I hope and I'm sure you took some inspiration today from both Mike and Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye.